What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Viking Vibes, the inside look at the St. Joseph by the Sea experience. My name is Anthony Rapp. I'm your host today, also the Director of Development over at St. Joe's. And we have the privilege of being joined by two of C's most prominent graduates. We have Matt Sacosta and Christina Mulia. Guys, thank you for being here with us today. The basis of this podcast is basically to give viewers and listeners an inside look at what's going on at St. Joe's and all the things that they have to offer. And also, more importantly, highlight success stories like you guys, right? Because you guys had an extremely successful career at St. Joe's. And now, where are you going to college? Heading to the University of Notre Dame. University of Notre Dame. And Ms. Mulia, where will you be going? I am also following Matt to the University of Notre Dame. So we're talking about kids from C who are going to one of the top-rated colleges in the country. You guys should be proud of that. I know it's like a big, probably tired of hearing it, but you should be very proud (laughs) because it is an extremely difficult thing to do, very hard to get in. And you guys are in. You graduated in June. Before we talk about all that stuff, let's just go back a little bit, right? So we'll go back and forth between the three of us. So we'll start with you, Matt. So talk about where'd you go to elementary school and talk about the transition from elementary school into St. Joe's. All right. I went to PS42. It was just a normal elementary school. And then I went to I-75. Got it. I was in the scholars program there. Of course you you were. Yeah. (laughs) They, uh, They prepared me pretty well. But once I saw St. Joseph by the Sea, I knew I wanted to go there. It was like Honestly, nothing I've ever seen before. The campus is phenomenal. Yeah, beautiful. Not only that, what they had to offer just didn't even compare to any other high school. And we'll talk about aesthetics and how the building has changed throughout the years. But talk about the uh, the transition from coming out of a public elementary school and going into Catholic. Because I know that's a big transition for some people. I don't know if it was for you. No, it definitely was. Definitely, obviously, the basis of being a Catholic school and like a private school, it was more everyone knew each other close together. You would actually become friends with some of your teachers. Right. I became friends with a lot of my teachers, actually. All the students knew each other. It was strict. I'll tell you that. But that was a good thing. But it was thing. worth it. Yeah, right? definitely worth it. In the end, they taught you how to live in the real world, honestly. That's, that's exactly what you need. Yeah. Perfect. Miss Mulia, talk to us. Tell us about where did you go to elementary school and what was the transition like to St. Joe's? So I went to elementary school at PS36, and then I went to I-75. That's where I met Matt, actually. I was also in the scholars program. And different than Matt, when it came time for me to pick a high school, I really didn't know where I wanted to go. I applied and most, to most kids are confused. You know, I applied to every program possible. And honestly, I was probably the last one of my friends to pick where I wanted to go. I ended up being between Staten Island Tech and C. Okay. I had no idea where I wanted to go. I went to all the open houses. I looked around. My parents were stay- trying very hard to stay out of it, not tell me what to do. It's good parenting. Parenting at its finest. <laughs> and I was nervous because I had also never gone to a Catholic school before. I was used to public school. Right. But then when I finally went, I went to the C's open house last, and I saw everything they had to offer me. I said, this is something that a public school education will not be able to offer me. And there's things I knew I could do at C that would help me get into college that I could not accomplish at a public school campus. Cool. So there's definitely something to be said about that uh, comparison you just mentioned, C and tech. Now, we're not comparing the schools, but a lot of kids coming out of eighth grade are facing those kinds of decisions. The reality is that there are a lot of intelligent kids here in the island. We're very fortunate. And sometimes they're looking at two things that they think are apples to apples. But in reality, like you said, they're not. So what was one of the things that said, you know what, tech, while it is a phenomenal school, tech is phenomenal, right? But what made you say St. Joe's is right for me? The one thing that I still remember this day from my comparison is I had gone to the Tech Open House and I wanted to see their science department because I knew going in that I wanted to study science in college. And it was nice. It was okay. Their teacher also wasn't there. He was unavailable. I think one of their teachers had just quit. And then I came to see and I met Dr. G and I saw the brand new science lab and a bunch of stuff that I had no idea what it did. But Dr. G promised me that if I wanted to, she would show me exactly what it did and that she could help me do real research. And I went home and I said, that's a comparison that I know that's not even just a biased comparison. That's what it is. They had funds and resources at sea 
that tech just couldn't offer me at the same time. Full disclosure, Dr. G was on this show recently, right? And it was fantastic because she tried to describe to me everything you just said. And I still have no idea what any of it does, but I'm glad you're going to tell us that you learned what it does <laughs> because she went into intricate details and she's a genius. It is what it is. Yeah. But I sat here and I was like, yes, that's very interesting. And I had no idea what she she's meant. Amazing. But yeah, she is amazing. <laughs> Flash forward a little bit. Now we're in freshman year. So talk a little bit about the changes and things that you did as freshman year. Because a lot of schools and a lot of Young adults, you hear that freshman year is hard. You hear from, I remember, I'm old, right? I'm 40. When I was a kid, it was always like, oh, kids are getting thrown into lockers. Kids are getting beat up. That doesn't happen. So talk about like the culture and the experience of St. Joe's, even as a freshman walking in the door. Just to start off, it's the second you walk in the door, you're part of the C family immediately. You're treated with respect. Everyone treats you with respect. Even the students older than you, seniors, juniors, they all treat you with respect. And they got that big brother program, right? Yeah, big brother program teaches you, just helps you out whenever you need help, you're confused in the hallways, you don't really know what to do. So yeah, that's definitely the biggest thing. Me and Christina both, we got thrown into AP classes as soon as we got into well, freshman year. what happens when you're very smart, my friend. What are you going to do? <laughs> but honestly, in the end, we worked hard our freshman year, and it prepared us a lot for college. Mm -hmm. A lot. I'm thankful that they really did that for us because it really taught us what college is going to be like and what the rest of the world's going to be like. Yeah, we'll get into all the details and the nitty gritty. But yeah. question for you, Christina. So talk about where now, when you came in as a freshman, was the iPad program already there or were you a part of when the iPad program first launched at St. Joe's? I want to say it was already there. It was already there? Okay, yeah. and that's fine because I've been there a while. So I know yeah. that obviously C was the first high school in the country to launch a completely seamless online learning environment, which is very cool. So... Now we take it as commonplace because you guys have gone through four years of education there and it's common knowledge. But talk about for kids that, or even parents that might be listening or watching the podcast, the adjustment or lack of an adjustment of going to school every day without books and using an iPad for everything. Because some kids are scared of that yeah. and other kids are like, this is the greatest thing ever. So talk about the transition of pen and paper in eighth grade and then you know, you're walking out with an iPad Pro. Or... I would say I was definitely one of those kids when I came in who I was afraid of the iPad. I walked in there That's saying- That's great. I didn't even know you were afraid. So I walked in saying, I don't perfectly. think I want it. I don't think I'm going to do well with it. I said, if I have to, I'll sit there with a notebook and a piece of paper if that's how I'm going to do good in the school because right. this is where I want to go. I came in, I got my iPad. I found out Notability existed. It was probably the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me. There you go. I now have an iPad for college. And I said, all I need is Notability. I'm fine. Because for my iPad, I could color code my notes. At the same time, I could go from typing to handwriting in a matter of seconds. Right. I could look things up. I could upload pictures. My review sheets and my notes took on a whole new level at C that I know I sent them around to help some kids. Matt got a couple of them. Oh, yeah. There you go. Helpful. People typically liked them. It was really helpful. At the snap of a finger, I could study for anything I needed. I could send my friends notes. It was a life-changing way to like study and to learn in class, I would say. But it's also a part of like your upbringing, right? Because again, oh, yeah. I'm old, but you guys have had a device in your hands from when you were young, right? I had Game Boy. You don't even know what that is, <laughs> but that's what I had, right? So we didn't have all these cool things, but you guys are learning. You guys have all these things at your disposal from a young age. So the ability to just carry through and use the technology and use it in a way that makes sense because when you go to college, you'll see no one's yeah. going to be writing down notes. Who's writing down notes? So what about your experience with the iPad? Oh, uh, again, I was scared too, but one thing I could say that made it so much better than pen and paper is it brings a whole new level of organization. I'm not an organized person at all. Me neither, so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> when I had pen and paper, I'd be searching through notes. I have a test in two days. I've been finding my notes that I don't know where they are. But the iPad, it makes it so much easier. It's just, it's so like flawless and revised that even if you make a mistake, it'll fix it for you. Yeah, it just makes it so much easier. And then were you there when they did the testing. So it must have been, it must have already been a part of the program because I know they released it in stages. So it was iPad, then eventually it was ExamSoft. So you guys were 
Oh, freshman yeah, year had exam stuff. Yeah. So talk about that because that's cool and scary, right? Because I remember when yeah. I was a kid, I would take a test on a Friday. My father would pick me up and he'd be like, how'd you do it? I don't know. Because I didn't want to tell him I did good or bad because I didn't know. I really didn't know the answer, right? Yeah. But I also wanted to go out that weekend. You guys now are taking an exam. You're getting it back instantly and you get mm -hmm. to understand and figure out what you got wrong and why. So talk about that process. Yeah, no, exactly. You would get the grade back as soon as you hand it in. So you know how you did. And you can go back, actually, look at the questions you got wrong, look at the correct answer. And it's just, you could review it right then and there. And for the next test, you'd already know what you did wrong, how to fix it. It's really helpful, to be honest. It sounds cool. But it also sounds scary. You ever get in a situation where you did bad on a test and you're like, oh, I don't want to tell my parents. Not you've never Not done bad on a test. Not but I definitely adapted the habit where when I knew it was going to come up my score, I'd put my hand over it. And I'd do a little peek. Like it was going to change oh, like too. what it said. Right. I would take a breath and be like, okay. And then you'd see it and you'd be like... I could deal with that. And you go to the next screen and then you just sit back, you start coloring on notability, everyone's testing, mm -hmm. and you're like, it went well, we're okay. Very well adjusted, very intelligent. Talk about everything outside of the world of academics, right? Because let's face it, high school is supposed to be fun. And I'm allowed to say that, right? It is, high school oh, is yeah. supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be the best time of your life. Thing that you need to do is be able to have a great time while learning something, right? You guys are the perfect examples of that. If you guys are able to learn, but then also outside of school, be involved in all kinds of extracurricular activities. It makes you like a well-rounded person, well-rounded student. So what are some of the things that you were involved with at C outside of the academic world? I joined a couple things right away and I tried to stick with them through my entire time at C. So one of the first things I did was I joined the softball program, which I there stuck with for four years. I had some friends going in and I have some more friends on the way out. I joined the Institute of Scientific Research where I worked on a project with Dr. Griglia. And then I also joined the Ladies of Charity as a member of freshman year. And I started to really get into it. And by senior year, I was actually the president of the Ladies of Charity. Nice. Good for you. <laughs> Very right. nice. What did you do? What did you get involved with? I loved being a part of the Holy Name Society. That was great. Help doing charities and actually getting to help people physically. Right. Watching it happen instead of just donating to a charity and right. whatever happens. Yeah. I was an acolyte. So serving mass, either before school starts or right. the whole big school mess. That was a great experience. I played both baseball and football at different points during my Look at uh, you, dual tenure athlete. at C. Look at this guy. <laughs> both of them, honestly, really great. That's how I met you, Rap. That's at true. Yeah. That was the best day of your life, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in other words, now even outside of the world of sports, I know you guys are involved in a lot of stuff outside. And I know this because you were also students of excellence, right? So I, I had that yeah. little background information. Outside of the world of C, what were you involved in? One of the things I did senior year is I started volunteering at the Staten Island University Hospital. I actually have my last day this Sunday. Wow, congratulations. I've been there for about a year, thank you. I volunteered in the OR, then I volunteered at a nurse's station floor. And I was able to meet with a lot of doctors, nurses, even have that kind of like interaction with patients and patients' families. I also volunteer annually for Christmas and Thanksgiving at a food bank over in Perth Amboy in New Jersey. My Beautiful. grandfather used to volunteer there with me. Nice. But so I try to get involved in a couple of different things. I also played softball outside of school, which is why I wanted to play inside of school. The question that's important to me, you guys are obviously, and I don't want to know your GPAs. I'm sure they were like four and a half or 4.7, I'm sure. But you guys were able to achieve all of this academically. And we're going to ask Matt next, but you clearly weren't locked in your bedroom studying every day because no. you were out doing all these things, volunteering, working at the hospital, working at the food bank. So it wasn't like you were tied to your iPad and you had to just sit there and study all day, every day. Absolutely not. I played travel softball for the entire four years I was at sea. I would go to tournaments every weekend in the spring, tournaments in the fall. I was volunteering all the time. I absolutely still had time to have time for school, have time for not school. And that's one thing I loved about sea is that it gave me a confidence level of 
you can exceed academically at this level, right. but you can also enjoy your life, enjoy the moment, do fun things. And I tell everybody that freshman year, I learned that balance early on. To prioritize, And right? it's the best thing I ever learned, and I know it's going to help me going into college. What about you? Outside of school, what'd you get? I would just do. <laughs> I just do. I just do. Yeah. I would, I, you, would, you could hang out with friends. That's Like you said, high school is supposed to be fun. You can hang out with friends. I volunteered for charities, at, especially in Mount Loretto. I yep. love doing that. Love it. Volunteering and eventually getting a job at Bay Dental with my brother. He's a dentist. Volunteering and learning how to be a dental assistant. Something I want to do in my future. I want to be a dentist. That was great too. And so clearly you also were not locked in a bedroom. Definitely not. Staring no. at an iPad for 50 hours a day. That's, Definitely that's not. A lot of people say that. You hear this, right? You hear this all the time. Yeah. People say, oh, they're going to... At least we could hear it from you. That's not the case. So I mentioned something earlier that you guys were both students of excellence. And for anyone listening or watching who's not a part of the C family may not know what that is. You guys were selected out of your entire graduating class. How many kids were there? Do you know? Do you remember? 274? Just over, graduating, I thought it was, I think it was just 3 over 300. It was about 315, I'm wow. pretty sure. Okay. 320 maybe? That's why. That's why. So... <laughs> Out of 300 students that are graduating, 20 or 25 students were picked this year. Every year it varies, right? And these kids are selected based on a whole slew of criteria, but it's not only academic, it's not only volunteering, it's what C has put together to be the best of the best. What does it mean to be a C graduate? What does it mean to be a C girl or a C guy? You guys won this year, so congratulations. I know we had a great night that night at the historical Bermuda Inn. Oh, but talk yeah. a little bit about what it was like to get that nod, that nomination, when we played that video. They played that video for you in school, and were you expecting it? When you saw it, were you excited? Talk about the experience. I was so excited when I saw it. I definitely wasn't expecting it. It was a great surprise. I didn't even know it was a thing, honestly, <laughs> until that board came right. rolling out. What it means to be a student of excellence is you got to be well-rounded and just do a bunch of things other than like you said, locked in your room and studying or not studying and doing other things. You have right. to be well-rounded and do it all. And I think that everyone who was chosen is a great example of that. Definitely. So not to discount any of the other students. Shout out to all of them. Congratulations oh, yeah. to all those kids and their families. I didn't mean that. Just we have you guys here, so I wanted to hear your firsthand take. So what about you? I definitely knew it was a thing, but I also did not know that it was coming out the day that it did. The board came out. Everyone yeah. was very excited. I was obviously very excited that I was chosen, but one thing that I really loved remembering from when the names came out is that the whole grade was excited. Like you said, only 20 to 25 kids get chosen, but everybody was smiling because their friend got chosen. They know that kid that got chosen. And it was really like a good portrayal of the C family. Like the senior class came together. We all appreciated each other. It wasn't like a jealousy thing. Oh, I didn't get chosen right. and they did. No one was yelling around. It was a really nice walking thing. Walking around, mad at you, yeah. throwing Everyone, you in the The whole lunchroom, everybody was cheering. Everyone was so excited about it. No, it was absolutely fantastic. And that night was great. You guys got your awards. We put you up on the screens. It was nice. <laughs> put your little, your mug shots or your head shots right <laughs> on the screens. And it was a really great experience. I just wanted to go back and clarify that because I it's important that people know that you guys were also a part of that amazing thing that's done at C each year. Bringing it back a little bit, now you guys are, I think we're in sophomore year, right? I think we moved on. So talk a little bit about how the building itself has changed, right? You were there four years. And what have you seen change just in four years? Honestly, mostly everything. From what? Give us some examples. The floors to the ceilings. You would walk in buildings, not buildings. Actually, yeah, new building would just new be building, there. Right. New building would just be there. A new room would be there that just wasn't there before. You would have to really get used to it, and you would adjust fast, and honestly, it was for the better. Really, it was for the better. It would either look nicer, or there would be a new facility that was better than before, or just, again, a new building that wasn't there before. The idea is, and what Father always says, is the idea is if he gives you all the tools and the facilities and the access to whatever is the latest and greatest, that you will succeed. And you guys are obviously the culmination of that. The truth is yeah. in the pudding, right? I want to get your take on the lab, because I feel like, I think the lab changed it was a couple yeah, of times. 
just in yeah. When I started the Institute of Scientific Research, we would meet in the bio lab okay. on the top floor. And it was more like of an older building. And then I think in sophomore year, we moved to the Institute of Scientific Research, the new lab where you could see out to the football field. And it was gorgeous. And that's and when we really- And try to give a visual for someone listening or watching that's never been to the campus. Talk a little about what it looks like. The Institute of Scientific Research, the first thing you notice when you walk in to the right, all glass. You could see this, you see the sun coming in the morning, you look out on the football field, it's a gorgeous view. And then we have a bunch of like white long tables, we have a bunch of cabinets with all of our stuff in them. And then you look around and you see a bunch of supplies that looks really scary and a bunch of machines that you have absolutely <laughs> no idea what they do. And on most days you will come in and see a jar of planarian worms on the table because that's what we mm -hmm. work with a lot of the time. Planarian worms. It was yes. like organized uh, you chaos. told me about that. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit like organized chaos, but it's awesome. Were you an ISR? I didn't even know this. This is like perfectly set up. I had no <laughs> it idea. It was awesome. So talk a little bit about ISR. Matt, what was your experience in that? Doing the research was a great experience, and I would recommend it to anyone, even if you're not interested in scientific research, to go into a specialized homeroom and get the experience. They have like journalism. They have a broadcast every day. Whatever you want to do, they have something for you, and it's great. Specifically ISR, we would do research with our friends. Me and Christina would do it, and we had a bunch of other friends that we made there. It was just great, and the entire environment, like everyone wanted each other to succeed. Everyone wanted to, right. we all, all had the same this, team. Yeah, we all had the same goal that we right. wanted to get to, and we would all help each other. Again. So now, I know that some of the research that Dr. G does, and the students do, gets published. Were you guys a part of any published research in the four years that you were there? I don't know. I don't know for sure. I know senior year, the project that mm -hmm. all of the seniors worked on, our three separate projects were intertwined and we were working on maybe publishing it, but I don't know if we ever finished it fully yet. If, like, if, if it ever published mm -hmm. it. I know we finished it, but we had a little like trouble with it because after COVID with everything that well, was changing, right. mm -hmm. it was hard for I, us we to come in try not to even talk stuff. about that, but you brought, I was going to so say. So we jumped back into research as soon as we right. all could, but it took a little while for us to get organized, get the ball rolling because we had a bunch of new kids who didn't know what they were doing because right. when COVID happened, they weren't in the lab. So you know what? You brought it up, and it's a good point, because even though we don't want to talk about things that are sad or things that have happened in the yeah. past, the positive that came out of that is because of the technology that C had, because of the seamless online learning environment, because of the iPads, you guys were still able to learn. Don't get me wrong. There was a, a break in communication for a little bit yeah. while everyone was getting their stuff together. But you pretty much didn't miss nearly as much school or education as every other school in Staten Island or maybe even in the country. So talk yeah, about that experience. Close. As soon as it happened, we got a week off, then we went on break. And then as soon as we heard that we weren't coming back, other schools, they would go out, they would didn't really have school at all. And we were still going to school. We right. would be live from our rooms or wherever we were from right. our house. And it would still be like you're just sitting in class. They would call on you. You would learn things. You would take notes, take tests. It was all basically the same, just a different environment. And I love that. I know people who have transferred to see just because of that during that time. They were left at their other schools. They were like, oh, we're not really learning anything. We're missing out. They, would come they weren't to equipped to handle it. Oh, exactly. Well, I mean, not that anybody really is, but it just yeah. happened to be that C, fortunately, did yeah. have the technology and means in place to get this done. What was your experience, Turn. I We jumped right into virtual learning because we already had the backbone of virtual days. Right. I remember right when we came back, they said, okay, we're working on something better, but for now, we're doing virtual days every day. In my mind, we didn't really miss that much school. We had a week before break. We came back. I was taking tests. I took finals. I took AP exams at home that I was prepared mm -hmm. for because my AP teachers were still teaching me. Exactly. Sophomore year, I think I actually came back into school. I was one of the couple of kids who wanted to come in person. Right. And it, was, it actually wasn't really that hard when you had most of the kids at home and a couple of kids in class. The teachers did so well because of the system that we had of making sure like you could ask a question to someone in class and a question to someone on the Zoom and it was the same thing. So for me, we went through four years of high school fully where we learned and we were taught. 
I'm thankful that we did have that backbone and thankful that we were able to learn that whole time because we now have an advantage over kids who went to other schools. Right. Who missed, unfortunately, through no fault of their own, right? It wasn't the student's yeah. fault, but that's just, it wasn't equipped to handle that kind of a situation. Now we'll talk a little bit about granular stuff. C gives all students the ability to earn college credits. So we'll go Matt first. How many college credits did you earn while at C? I earned 53 college credits while I was there. 53 college credits. Yeah. That's wild. Miss Mulia, mm -hmm. how many did you earn? I think I also graduated with 53 or maybe like 54 credits. Wow, that's crazy. Now, yeah. for people who don't really understand what that means, and I still don't even really understand what that means. <laughs> so let's just lay it out there. So you're actually attending class in C, and the professor is dual enrolled, correct? That's how it works, meaning that they're approved by a college or university. So mm -hmm. it's not you're not going and taking anything extra. You aren't leaving class and going somewhere after school or before school. People don't really understand what that means sometimes. So we'll talk about the money it saves you, but let's just talk about how it works. So it's not like after school, you're going somewhere and taking an additional class. It's you're actually sitting in C, taking a course you would have to take anyway, except mm -hmm. the teacher is accredited by a college or university. So you're actually getting college credit while you're sitting in the classroom. Yeah. That's how it works. It's that mm -hmm. simple. I want to yeah. make sure I'm telling this correctly. So, yeah, basically what you said, the teacher is verified by the college or university that it's from. It, it was usually Albany, St. John's, or Iona. Iona. Yeah. So they would basically be a teacher at that school, but teaching at our facility. And we wouldn't have to go anywhere. It would just be normal class, but you would get the upside of getting college credit. Like, what does that mean? And now, in fairness, because we want to tell the truth, not every one of these college credits is going to carry over to specific colleges and universities. That's just the reality. Yeah. But how much of an advantage did it give you when applying to colleges? I would say when applying to college, it definitely gave us an advantage because whether it was a school that I knew was going to take my credits or a school that I knew wasn't going to take my credits because maybe their standards are a little higher, I knew that going into that school, I'd be prepared to take at least my first two years of classes because it's probably information that I've seen and mm -hmm. I've taken those classes from a college professor. Very cool. And now, how many credits does Villanova take? Are we allowed to talk about that? How many credits are you allowed to apply? Or did they accept any? When dual enrollment credits, they were extremely strict. They yeah. had very strict rules. They actually specified that you had to be taught on the college campus because they really only seemed like they wanted to take transfer credits. Okay. But the credits they did take, they took your AP credits, which is also a big thing we do at. See, me and Matt had AP credits going all the way back to freshman year. Yeah. So if you achieved, I believe it was a five on your AP exams, or there was a couple exams they were willing to take a four, you were put ahead by a couple of credits. So I'm already uh, maybe one or two classes ahead at Notre yeah. Dame, but the benefit was I know one of the classes I was ahead of was writing and rhetoric. I had credit coming into it from an AP test. Right. So they said, okay, that puts you in writing intensive. You don't have to take that till your junior year. We recommend that you wait because you can. So it's a class that I don't have on my load freshman year because of work I did at C. Talk about how now we're in college, right? So talk about how C prepared you for college. I know this whole conversation we've been talking about it, but now you're done, right? I mean, yeah. the next time you walk through those doors, it's going to be because it's fun and you want to go back and visit, right? <laughs> so you can really say anything you want. Four years of your life, great friendships, work ethic, after-school activities, volunteering, accolades, awards. How do you feel that C molded you into the person that you are today and helped you prepare for your future? I don't think I would be even a shell of the person I am without C, I like to be it. honest. shell. I'm going to use Yeah, that. I wouldn't, to be honest. It builds a faith. It builds your faith. It builds... It makes you into the most well-rounded person and brings you to be like the best you could be, honestly. That's the best way I could put it. The best you could be. It brings the best, the best you can be. That's it brings out the best in you. It does. What about you, Christine? It definitely does bring out the best in you. You walk in those doors the first day of school and it's very apparent that everyone in that building wants to teach you, but they also want to see you do well 
in school and out of school. They want to see you become a better person. They want to congratulate you on things that they hear you did inside of school, outside of school. They want to know who you are and they want to help make you better. I think that's an important foundation to have going into college because now I know that those relationships with teachers is something I could achieve. It's something that exists. And the one thing that always stuck out to me is every teacher on the first day of school said, join something. Whether you know you like it or you're not sure, join it, try Take it. A shot. And now we're getting all these emails from Notre Dame about join this, join that. And my first thought is always, oh, I'll go try that. I want to do this. And I also have a list of things that I know already I want to go and try because C kind of makes you unafraid to try new things and extracurriculars because they tell you this is what it's all about. Find who you are and find what you like to do. Very that. personalized. That's awesome. So here's the million-dollar question, and you're each going to get to answer it. Talk about the day. Now, you didn't open the letter, right? They sent emails. How do they tell you? It's an email. Yeah. Emails, right? Email. Yeah, the letter comes yeah. after. Yeah, that's like annoying, email. right? Like you want to open it. <laughs> All right, anyway. Talk about the email. We're, we're going to hold on. We're going to go with Ms. Mulia first. Talk right. about the day. So now what happens? Are you even home? Give me. Describe so the whole scenario. The day it was coming out, I actually had no idea. A girl in my homeroom said to me, are you ready to get your letter from Notre Dame? And I said, what are you talking about? That's how I found out it was coming out that day. I was very scared. I Just nonchalantly getting into one of the best colleges in the country. <laughs> I was scared. So the time came for it to come out. I was actually at the school. I was doing a meaty day photo shoot for the softball team. I have walked away. I went into the gym. I opened it up. I thought I was reading it wrong because it said congratulations. I called my mom. I was freaking out. I went back and told my whole team and everyone, we had a great time. We celebrated. Everyone was excited. It was exciting for me because Notre Dame was actually one of the schools that I applied to because my brother was like, hey, you could probably get in. Apply, see what happens. It wasn't really on my radar. And then I got in. And now it's where I'm going. So the way it all unfolded was very funny to me. That's awesome. I have almost a similar story. You had no idea either. I had no idea it was coming out that day. They're not really informing their uh, applicants, are they? <laughs> they send you yeah. And yeah. the funny part is, I didn't want to apply there because I always thought, I'm going to stay around here. I'm going to stay home. I don't really want to go anywhere. And I just applied for fun. And it comes back. I got in. And I'm like, I was baffled. I really was. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was baffled. And at that point, I still didn't think I was going there. And I went to go visit. And I ended up loving it. It reminded me of C, honestly. It reminded me of C, really? Joseph by the Sea in college form. And it makes me so happy that I can go, I could like further everything that I've done and expand upon it. And now, what are you guys going to study? What do you think the future holds? This is the question that we'll look back at this in 20 years when you say you want to be a doctor and you end up being a female entrepreneur for a Fortune 500 company, right? And then you'll say you want to be a dentist and you're going to end up an owner operator of a conglomerate of restaurant chains. Chad, remember I said it here, go ahead. So yeah, as of right now, I want to be a dentist. My brother's a dentist. I right. go to work with him all the time. I assist with him. I follow him around. I help him. And it really, it piques my interest. I've always been involved in science. I love it. And as of right now, that's what I want to do. And then what do you think after college? You're going to come back to the island? You're focusing on maybe opening your own practice? What do you think afterwards? Ideally, I'd like to open my own practice. I'd have to go to dental school after. And that's another four years and then another year in residency. God bless you. Good Got luck. like a decade ahead of me, we'll say. Decade. What about you? Similar to Matt, I want to be a doctor, specifically a surgeon. I was only kidding. Really? I want to oh, be, yeah. I want to be a surgeon, yeah. A surgeon. Um, I'm planning on double majoring in neuroscience and behavior and math, and then going to med school, which is like Matt says, a long road yeah, ahead. Yeah, it's a long but road. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. We'll see if it goes well. It's going to go well. You guys are great kids. You know that it's going to go well. Talk about any experiences at sea that you've had over the course of four years that stand out. And they could be good or bad, in other words, but... There's got to be, because high school is that pivotal moment. Like I still have, and I'm old, and I still have memories that I remember of things that happened in the same halls, even though they looked much different. You guys are walking in. So are there any 
pivotal moments that you can think of that you were like, this is something I'll never forget, or this is something that defined my life or is helping me achieve what I'm looking to do? I really enjoyed a lot of senior year, I'm gonna be honest. Freshman, sophomore, junior year, you're building up to this point, and then senior year, you get there. And it's honestly like the whole thing changes. Even the teachers, everyone treats you differently. Like you're almost, not like you're already graduated, but you made it almost. You're an and adult. Yeah, you're an adult. You There's so many fun things you do, like the senior day, when it's usually you go to school and you learn, it's boring. But the whole grade gets together with the teachers and they just do fun activities. And it's just pure fun and a memory that you'll be able to hold with you forever with your class. So senior day, got to yeah. remember that. What about you, Christina? I would also say probably almost the entirety of senior year. We did so many senior-specific things. That was mm -hmm. a really about celebrating your time at sea and embracing the time you had left. That made it such a memorable year for me. But a lot of the things I really enjoyed doing senior year it came from being the president of Ladies of Charity. I got to meet with so many people from the charities that we were helping. And even us, I got to go deliver the presents to the kids for the giving tree That's for cool. Christmas. Yeah. So it was a lot of face-to-face -face contact with the output of all the work I was putting in. And it just really made it seem all worthwhile. And it was really something I enjoyed. Well, it's tangible. It means more. And I think you said that before. It's when you yeah. can see what you're doing. Anyone exactly. can send a check in the mail. Exactly. But when you're actually working on it and focused on it, and then you can go see When it, it comes around it. Christmas time, Thanksgiving, you, right. give them, you give people food for Thanksgiving. Right. It's just a whole different level to it. It really Besides is. Besides sending money, you're writing a check. You're actually handing it to people that need it, and you're going mm -hmm. to the schools and visiting. You get to meet them, them, too, and everything. Yeah. That's what a lot of our volunteer work at Sea was about. I would say almost all of the volunteer campaigns we did, we had a face. We could see where our stuff was going. A lot of times they would come back to us, and they would thank us because we would do things that they don't typically see from other donors and volunteers. Because you guys were actually on the boots on the ground. What you said, honestly, reminded me of something, too. Around Christmas time, we had the Holy Name Society. We all went... One of us dressed up as Santa. And we was that one of them you? No, it was oh, not me. Uh, too skinny. <laughs> but uh, we dressed up as Santa and we went to a an underprivileged school and we gave them all presents and you just watching the joy on their faces. Yeah, and even not even the present part. You just having us there and having people to just look being at. Excited. Just, yeah, just being excited. They were excited that excitement. you were there. Exactly. Because it's ultimately that someone cares. That's really all it is. They were yeah. excited that someone cared, came to visit them, took time out of the day to, to visit and do the right thing. So what do you think we haven't touched on that might be important? In other words, there's so much to cover, but what do you think is important about C for people to know, even people that are enrolled now, current students or future families or anything you would like to say as words of wisdom or... It's not as scary as everyone tells you it's going to be. Everyone tells you, oh, they're the strictest Catholic school. You have to be so smart to do well there. You're not going to do well. They don't want to see you succeed. It's all about a number on a page. And then you get there and the exact opposite is true. You make friends. I know people who came in and they weren't confirmed and the school gives you an opportunity to go through the confirmation program in-house right. because they want you to be a part of their community and their family. Every teacher's looking out for you. You make friends. And it's really not an environment that's as scary and crazy as people say. It's a family is really what it right. is that you're a part of from the second you walk into the door past the time when you walk out as a senior. And families are crazy. Mine's crazy. Right? Yeah. So it's like the same okay, thing. Yeah. It's just the same thing. So what are you, Matt? Anything that, that we didn't touch on that you think is important that people know? I don't think so, to be honest. Everything as it is right now, the rep that the school gets is some. sometimes it could be a little shaky, but I think that's because a fam we are a family and a family sometimes needs tough love. It's tough love that you get there. Some They want to see the best for you and that's not always telling you what you want to hear. That's very so, true. So yeah, they want to see you be the best you that you can possibly be. And no sometimes, fourth place trophies. Yeah, no exactly. No place trophies. Exactly. They want to see you physically right. be the best. And for those of you watching or listening, don't forget to like or subscribe and share this content. This is Viking Vibes, the St. Joseph by the Sea experience.